Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Palmer. Today's guest is an Emmy award-winning brand advisor who grows personal brands and founder-led businesses by getting them seen, heard, and known by scaling content and media reach. The founding editor-in-chief of I Have a Podcast and host of LinkedIn Presents I Have a Podcast, a podcast that examines the creator economy as a television network executive at MTV Networks from 98 to 2007. He discovered talent and developed new ways to support their goals, pioneering the way brands and business owners could contribute to their public narrative by making them stars and producers of their own TV series. Early hits included Punk, The Osbournes, TRL, Eighth and Ocean, Wild and Out, and The Challenge. Since then, he and his team at PVE.TV have continued to be well-trusted connectors who develop and distribute original content across all media platforms, especially podcasts. You can listen to Vinny dissect the creative process with some of the stars and creatives who helped launch his career on the award-winning I Have a Podcast audio experience, which is available everywhere you watch and listen to podcasts. Welcome, Vinny Potestivo. How are you this morning? I'm great. Uh, fired up. It, it's, you know, recording in the middle of summer, lots going on, lots not going on. <laughs> so I like that. I like that part about where we're at right now. Yeah. And you, how is how is it going for you? <laughs> like you say, middle of summer. Actually, I have uh, a, child, right? <laughs> a child that's just finishing up grade 12, and today is the last day of exams. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. What a milestone. Congratulations, oh. Mom. Oh, well, congratulations. You, by, by the way, how well do you think you would do on that test <laughs> that they've got to take? I have said I would not get through anything <laughs> that was taken either probably in junior high or high school. Yeah, but man, we know we know our, our multiplication tables backwards, forwards, diagonally, unlike any generation ever will, by the way. So they do. Can, oh, they yeah. do. Well, they've got new tricks now in math, right? They've got new logic. In Grade math. 12 and they're doing calculus. Oh, Excuse wow. Me? Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you know what, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, for that generation that's got to tackle with AI, it's good to know that they're t- that they're really teaching calculus and making that impact early on. It's gonna take, it's gonna take more than just the story. You know, it's the architecture of the story, it's the data of the story, it's the the the, the reaction to the action of the story. All of that is what is what this generation is stepping into creative creatively. They will engineer stories versus how we are sort of in this phase of sharing stories and telling stories but there's a there's a change that happens when you tell your story right there's like yeah yeah there's like a (laughs) I just got into my head I was like I remember when I figured out my story was bad oh my gosh I was in in college I I was I was my own worst storyteller I had the, the worst version of a story for me and I've always been a pretty positive guy but I realized like my, my story turned so negative so that I could be the positive guy. I realized that like I was, I was, I was framing things in a way that was surrounding myself with negativity so that I could be the positive guy. And I, when I realized that I didn't have to surround myself with all that negative energy, that I could just be positive on positive and that so, propels, you know, that you, was like life changing. What happened for you? Would you college. College. It was in college and, and it was, um, I took a class um, outside of school 
uh, called the Landmark Forum. Are you familiar with the Landmark oh, yeah. Forum? If any, if anybody's an entrepreneur and they haven't heard of Landmark. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> well, well, that's yeah. cool. That's cool to know because back I was nineteen, I think when when I when I went in and, um, you know, I, why did I go to Landmark Forum? Is actually a question I have never. I have to think about that. There was an acting teacher who told me that I would love it. She had a daytime job at Credit Suisse First Boston um, outside of being an adjunct professor and acting at Wagner College. And she was in the tech department sort of supplying data. I, on Wagner College's campus, was like known as the Excel guy, the access guy. I, I was building databases. I was all about World Wide Web and HTTP. And let me show you how to build a website and scanning people's photos in so that they can have pictures, you know, taking CDs and burning them and ripping them and <laughs> distributing them and sharing them the way that the global action of sharing still is like the most viable way to, you know, sure way to growth is, is through sharing. But it was that database. And um, because that database skill, that Excel, Microsoft Excel skill, um, I became friends. She was able to get me a part-time job at Credit Suisse First Boston as a, a data compliance officer. There was lots of uh, Y2K jobs back then in the, in the late 90s. And um, I went to this thing called Landmark Forum, and in it was Robin Quivers from Howard Stern Show, the producer. You know, Robin, Robin is Howard's on-camera, off-camera producer for years and years. Oh, wow. Um which was by fate, because I tell you, growing up, I did not see a likeness of myself on television. I did not see someone boisterous like me with an opinion who wants to, you know, even get behind a mic or share something. When I turned on the Howard Stern show, it was the first time I ever saw my likeness. And there she was, Robin Quivers. <laughs> it was like, it was like the, the, you know, the scooter to the Kermit. Like, I want to be stage manager and the producer. Yeah, like, I don't want to get caught up in all that center stage drama with Miss Piggy, if I'm Kermit, you know, I'd put me on the put me on the on the curtain and let me pull a string, you know, let me control, right? This is me creatively control. Let me control what I can, the environment, so that people who do their things can show up. And so anyway, that was a that was a mentality, but it was Robin who told me to take out a casting ad. There was something called backstage, which was like a, a print paper that you could only get at certain kiosks in Times Square, and then otherwise it was it was a uh, for mail. You'd get it in the mail. So I had access to New York. So I, would, I took out a, a casting notice and I got just about just a, maybe just over 700 submissions sent to school. Like I wasn't even thinking of being a casting company. I said, I said, uh, I'm, I'm looking to build my casting files. If you're looking for future opportunities, please send me your headshot. Vinny Potestivo, Wagner College, Student Box 577, One Campus Road. Like I wasn't even pretending to be I got, there was a, a moment where I got nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm like a legit casting director. And and the real and I realized that they're the ones that made me a legit casting director. I had a database, oh, 700 yeah. people who want to be on camera, want to show up to TV studios, want to be in theater, want to be in commercials. And, and I started at Wagner College um, looking at this newspaper backstage and I would see opportunities for people and I kind of would start emailing certain groups of people, opportunities based on like what, whatever production was looking for, whatever that show was. And then one day I saw an ad that said MTV sh shooting, just show up 45th and Broadway, you know, just come. 
So it was a day where it was a Tuesday, I remember, because I usually have choir on Tuesday. And that, oh, that specific Tuesday, we didn't. So me and three other choir mates went to the city. And long story short, I stayed there for 10 years at MTV. Um, and I got to work in all the cable networks that were kind of growing up in New York. Uh, Fox News in the 90s on Hannity and Combs. Um, again, with my database in the yeah. audience, because I can yeah. track people and and. Who knew? Who knew that, that that skill would ultimately land me in, in entertainment? I gotta be honest, I wanted that skill because if you got if you worked at the computer center, you got paid more on campus than like <laughs> if you were, you know, like an assistant security person at the desk checking checking student IDs or something in routine, you know, or working at the campus store or something like that. It was it was like fifteen dollars an hour. To me, that's a lot, a lot I could do with that back then. So it would have been a lot back then because yeah. Um, I, I remember working in the, yeah, early 90s, 80s, late 80s, early 90s. And yeah, that was good coin. Yeah. And by the way, here's the thing. We, going to college from 90, I went to college 90, the, so the end, the end of 95 to the end of 98, but I'm class of 99. I left a little early so that I can start working at MTV when, when the opportunity came up. Um, but I was in college and had access to a computer center at a point in time where the computer went from floppy disk to hard disk to, to, to uni drive to thumbnail drive to removable hard drive. I was there at a point in time where media was being transformed to be shared. That, that was something that I learned. Yeah. And, 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 and even down to wiring two VCRs together so I can edit, I can, I can take my camera, plug it into one VCR and hit pause and record and literally dub and edit my own live edited you know final versions of whatever it was that i was creating and i promise you that in my interview at mtv when they were like well you're going to spend half your time in this in the, in the edits editing the videos and then the other half on on the desk answering phones and taking calls and making sure that things were caught up and i was like well i don't have to go to the edit if we have two vcrs i can just rig that from my desk and then I can edit it from the TV right on my right. And then I can be right here by the phone and then you would have full support all day long. And I wouldn't have to be locked into the edit room editing tapes. And they were like, what? Like, We've, what? what? Yeah. Like, this is MTV, you know? Yeah, like, light bulb moment, right? You know, who, who, who am I to tell an expert what to do? But I, yeah. I, I don't feel like I was, I was telling them so practically how I would execute it. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you guys are going to be in for this. You're going to love this trick. It was like, no, I, I could get from A to Z with this little setup, by the way. So that's all it would take. And I, when I got to MTV, all the assistants did not like me so much because I went around and had to wire everyone's VCRs and show them how to edit and record because that's how we started making dailies. So we all started editing from our desks <laughs> on a TV VCR unit here and then our computers yeah. and our Rolodexes. Yeah, you put and, a task on their on their job description, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But then even then, in 99, when I got there, I learned my contacts first were on a Rolodex. I was the person yeah. in my department who digitized our contacts, started to understand what how we can have a newsletter and, and reach a certain group of um, modeling agents or uh, Segmentation. musician you know, yeah. uh, managers for what we were looking for. And... Uh, yeah, there's all these great words for it now that make it make sense. Back then, right. it was like, how do we how do we connect in a, in a way that's gonna be legit and like meaningful? Tag, tag for keywords. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Well, you know what? That's funny you say that because because I've I've 
struggled with the keyword search thing myself, and I, I landed on um, I landed on an annual strategy, um, uh, one keyword per month, and and I make as much content as I can with that keyword, knowing that the content I don't have control over when everything airs and premieres and is shared, or even consumed. So that's a, like that's a tremendous timeline. But if I can make enough content with certain keywords every month, and, and that allows me to have a system, platforms like Instagram, you post a reel, it gets a couple of hundred likes. Three months later, it gets yeah. boomed to 1.5, 2.4 million because it becomes relevant. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're making content that we feel called to make, that, that will always put us in the thought leadership position. But if we, if we feel, if we're only creating content that we should be posting, well, that's a reaction to something. So like, like leadership yeah. and reaction are, you know, you can be a leader and react, by the way. I'm not saying that those two are, are mutually synonymous, but. I'd like to talk about what's coming up soon for you. Sure. Because I got a sniff about it. Deirdre sent an email out about something that's happening. Do you want to share that? Oh yeah, I'm so excited. You know, it, it takes an amazing collaborator like Deirdre to be able to have a foresight to see a skill set that maybe I had that I didn't realize I had and she helped me cultivate it. I've been enjoying newsletters on LinkedIn. I've seen tremendous growth from LinkedIn newsletters, specifically in my podcast and in my follower count on LinkedIn. Um, So I'm excited to share the power of the LinkedIn newsletter with all y'all. We have like a five day upskill challenge that's kicking off next week, June 26th. We walk people through the process, you know, uh, how to turn on creator mode, what creator mode means, what it gives you access to, the templates for how to set up your newsletter, ways to put your call to action in them, where to, how to prioritize. I give some framework to posting content. So, so one of the things with newsletters is after you write your newsletter article, LinkedIn requires you to post like a, a normal social post that that is actually the mechanism that posts and publishes the newsletter, helping you write a, a content driven post, something that is relating back to your podcast episode, your newsletter, maybe in uh, a press article that you were in. I'm giving you some framework that I've been taught by LinkedIn because I have access to some really cool executives there. Earlier this year, they announced the LinkedIn Podcast Academy, which is a six-month track to the LinkedIn Podcast Network, and they picked 19 podcasters. Um, Very lucky to have been picked, and our audience is on long for the journey, by the way, which has been like the coolest part ever. To have the power of LinkedIn News and LinkedIn Podcast Network amplifying my episodes. Right. Um, And and look, it's not like every other social network out there. No, um, sure not. It's certainly not comparable. I don't even have to explain how it's not comparable to TikTok. But like, I look at I look at it like this: like if Instagram is speed dating, then LinkedIn is like falling in love with your high school boyfriend <laughs> all over. Yeah, again. Like someone who's been in your life, consistent. You know where they are. You know who their friends are. You know what they do. You know what their actions are. Yeah, as opposed to. Instagram or some of the other, you know, more visual leaning platforms. The, where They'll the glittery grab your attention yeah. distracting type of. Uh... Yeah. Well, look, visibility, visibility without shareability leads to entertainment. So like, if there's not an action of sharing content, then I'm going to watch it. I'm going to consume it. Right. So like education is great. 
no, you never see someone, you never see, um, oh, I forget the child. I forget the name of the, the wonderful woman on YouTube that my nephew watches, Miss Rachel. You never oh. see Miss Rachel telling, you know, moms to share the content because other moms will like this. You never see them, you know, talking about, about the, that, but yet, yet they do share and sharing is the most valuable, you know, tool that we can, we can, or step that we can take in the, uh, in the world of growth. But that's... So let's talk about sharing some more with regards to articles. Oh, yeah. Have you, have you gone into the collaborative article space? Yeah, I have. I've enjoyed Whoa. it, actually. Hey, let's hear some more about that. Oh, yeah, cool. So so just in case anyone isn't aware, uh, uh, ChatGPT came out last year. Microsoft made a big investment. And Microsoft is also the code that powers not only um, LinkedIn, but Twitter also. So um, Twitter, uh, Google, LinkedIn, there's a reason why when you do certain things, certain posts or articles, when you publish content on those platforms, it shows up in your Google SEO as yeah. opposed to like Instagram, where what you do on that platform stays on that platform. TikTok, right. what you do on that platform stays on that platform. Facebook. So, yeah. so LinkedIn says, you know what we want to do? We are the modern workplace and as of the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, that modern workplace was very deconstructed and in the process of reconstructing. Okay. So they, le they leaned on the chat GPT AI world of generative text to say, what, what are the types of conversations that would be had in a department in this sector of marketing or production or advertising or sales or you know, whatever your specialty is across all markets, across all job markets? And then what we'll do is we'll have people like us, real people, come in and collaborate and, and leave a conversation, comment and contribute to what the AI is bringing up as a conversation. We come in and, you know, we, we take the human converse, we take the human form of that conversation and begin to, to really add on that. The benefit to the AI collaborative space right now is that that's how LinkedIn is sharing its top voice badges with um, profiles on the platform. So, so one of the mechanisms that trips the top voice badge, the golden top voice badge, and you'll see top voice, top social media voice, top marketing voice, top uh, social share voice, top media and production voice, you'll see these golden badges on people's profiles on LinkedIn, um, which, by the way, is, the, is LinkedIn's modern way of doing like a verified badge without making it about the identification of the person, but also it's a, yeah, yeah, not and not charge and not charging by the way, um, but it democratizes that top voice badge. So like you know, the more upvotes you get, sort of similar to Quora, the more upvotes you get, and the more people that that support your comment, it apparently triggers part of the algorithm that lets LinkedIn know that you're generating content of value. But here's the thing, a lot's changed on LinkedIn. So, so here's just a strategy that I wanna throw out. Um, AI collaborative art articles come up with one topic and one topic might have five to seven different talk points in there. Mm -hmm. So here's my strategy, here's, here's what I wanna throw out to y'all. If you were just to tackle one article and respond to all five or seven of those talk points, right? And then take each of those talk points. So for example, it would say um, gamifying, uh, gamifying influencer marketing 
you know, is, is it good or bad? And then there would be questions about it. Should we have leaderboards? Do leaderboards help the conversation? Um, is it is when does the gamification distract from the results? When do the results get amplified from the gamification? So it has like a couple of these different types of questions all about the same topic. And what that lets you do is stay, well, for me, I'm, I'm projecting here. What that lets me do is stay focused. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> laser, laser focused. And I only have to do it once. Yeah. And if I can get through those seven questions, I now have been part of an entire conversation. I have five to seven different niche answers that I've, I've supplied. They all lead to a different part, a different, a different point in the conversation. And I would take those responses. I would share them with thoughts from my business page, my company page. And I would let through my company page every single day, people know that this conversation is happening. And this is the one piece that I said. This episode is sponsored by Visibility Podcast. Connect with Visibility Pod about visibility strategy, coaching, podcast tours, podcast production, platform building, content creation, and distribution. Your online presence matters. Mention this author interview to receive a discount. Get the help you need today. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. That's V-I-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com. There is one more thing I want to touch on. Yeah. You talk about collaborating. With Podmatch, you've collaborated with other uh, people to create a book. Yes. And it's Podcast Mastery. Yes. 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 Guest Mastery. Podcast Guest Mastery. Can I show the book here? Yes. Podcast. Match guest mastery, and you've contributed to this along with fifteen other people. Here we are. Yeah, he's all here. (laughs) Wonderful. So definitely, we want to encourage uh, our audience to go and get a copy of that and find out more about mastering your guest on podcasts, like Vinny has done here today. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Well, I have a good guide. I'll tell you that I came with, it's been a minute since I got into guests. So I I feel like I wasn't trusting time too much. And I, I dropped quite a lot here. So if whatever version of edit you've you've got going on, I appreciate it. I want to go listen to the pieces that didn't make it to this episode. Wait, so I want to, I want to just say one thing about podcast guesting. Can I just, yes, please. So, so yes, podcast guesting is by far one of the most economic ways to build authority and also increase your content. Mm -hmm. Um, Jennifer is the one who is recording this through a service that she's paying for. She will be editing it. She will be publishing it. Maybe there will be social posts that she will create. Maybe there will be a blog post that she will create. I just get to share it. After this, my work as a guest is is figuring out what's valuable, bringing in story and bite-sized sound bites so that I can, you know, fuel the fire and inspire her audience. But, but, but at the end of the day, she owns this content. And as I said, we we own this space. The beauty of Podmatch is Podmatch as a platform has identified what fifteen thousand, I think, people Podmatch hosts and guests. And it changes every second. And it changes every second, but it's it's a finite community. So imagine it like a big college, a state college. Like is it, I think Rutgers actually has like twenty thousand. So perfect, perfect example. Smaller than a, a large co- American college, right? So fourteen thousand people hosting guests in Podmatch. And what what I did as a podcast guest, and I'm not paid by Podmatch in any stretch of the imagination. I pay to use the service. I love the service. I'm happy to be paying for it. I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for Podmatch. But what I did with Podmatch was I, I interviewed over 
probably 200 now podcast. I've been interviewed by over 200 podcast hosts from Podmatch. Mm-hmm. What that does for a platform from a community perspective is it puts 200 hosts in a similar vocabulary with each other now that have me in common. And hosts will connect with each other and they will talk about being on Podmatch and guests will come up. And, and as, as a guest who's been on multiple episodes within a smaller community, yeah. I have more visibility. I have more wow. visibility in a smaller community than if I were to be on 200 podcast episodes in the entire world. That sounds like, you know, a splash. Well, randomly. In the water. Yeah. yeah, right. But what I did is I focused on a community. And within that community, I, I even microfocus on, are we talking about personal growth, content development, me, the, the, the process, the creator economy process. You know, I can focus on those topics within our community. And, and I look at it this way. I, I was able to work with some pretty cool, awesome, powerful people very young in my career and, and look, young child success, early success in your career for some reason is always fascinating, by the way. So I, I have stories that are not mine that I get to share because I'm part of them and I get to bring those into my community. And I really look at it this way, how I put Beyonce in her first film and the casting that I did with her and like that experience, I'm able to bring that into our community so that, so that it's our episodes within Podmatch that have that story and Podmatch becomes the source of that, of that. So, so I, I chose to specifically, I I say exclusively, I, I do, podcast guesting with friends and people who reach out to me, but, but in terms of me pitching myself exclusively on Podmatch, and I got a tremendous response from it. Um, well, I'm just going to share that you are like a Podmatch elite member. So you like are all in. Yeah. I'm fully leaned into this community. Fully. And your, your profile has got your, your watch video and you've got <laughs> your about Vinny all figured out and you've got all the guest tags completely set up for us. And then along, along with that, your about me and your biography are different. These are big things. Cause as a host, when I'm going through picking who to interview, uh, I'm, I'm looking at these things and going, okay, does he got, how many social channels do you have? One. Uh, okay, you're new. You could maybe use our help. Maybe yeah, you could no. use our services. But here's Vinny with the website, the Pinterest, the Instagram, the eSpeaker profile, the TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. <laughs> it's all there, right? So, um, you know, you can definitely tell by looking at your profile with the questions and the ideas for episodes and the fact that you've got all your profiles built, your platforms honed in, and you're ready to go. And, and your your watch video is very engaging. Thanks. You know, right? So Thank you're you. entertaining me before I even get to meet you. <laughs> I appreciate you that. <laughs> so, you know, but there's something to be said about making sure you have a, a fantastic profile there too. And, you know, being all in, if you're going to use a service to get you hooked up, use the service use to the service. its capacity. It's the only one I pay for. And, and, and by the way, also, um, I pay to be an elite member. Yeah. To be clear, also, there's a fee for me involved to have access to Alex Sanfilippo, the creator, and Alicia. So Alex and Alicia Sanfilippo, the creators of Podmatch, have this elite form. And what that's allowed me to do is organize moments for community. That group has introduced me to Deidre from Cap Show, who we're talking about, in, in a completely different way than if I would have just 
you know, sort of popped into her inbox. I, I wouldn't have been on the stages at Podfest if it weren't for the group at Podmatch that I'm working with. And I, I look, I think that Alex and Alicia built a beautiful platform because really? of their purpose. It's not to get hosts and guests to get their episodes together. It's to develop deeply meaningful relationships, to connect people who want to talk about similar topics that don't know each other yet, who can talk about similar topics. There's some get four years on this. Yeah. And, so, and it's all about community. It's uh, all I about community. So much to nurture the community. And I love I love and I love that. I love that framework for what they bring to podcasting. As a creator and a, as an executive at a network, I'll say it this way, um, grace and empathy don't get added to a creative project at the end. Those are not like ingredients that we sprinkle. Oh, wait, wait, before it goes out, let's just make it a little bit nicer and make sure people are um, fulfilled, you know, from the episode. We're going to do the icing dust. Here. Yeah, exactly. You heard it from Vinny. Now, you love this man as much as I do. I know you do. So go and find out more about him because there's the book, there's a the podcast, there's his online platform. He's already given you the, and I'll reiterate it in the show notes, a place to go and, and get more fun stuff for him. So just click on the link, give him the email, you know, get on the newsletter, come and play. Yeah. Play. Hang out. Come and hang out. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait until you need something to say hello to me. Like say what's up yeah. <laughs> and like, let's be friends and like share and collaborate. And I love hanging out on LinkedIn. It's like so weird to say, but my LinkedIn inbox is open all day. And I, I just love the action that happens there. And I'm invested in building a community the same way I was on uh, and am still with Podmatch. Um, I'm invested in creating a community on LinkedIn that thrives. It's those business owners. It's us independent business owners, whether we're owning a $3 billion company pre-IPO that's going to be sold or we're starting a company that hopefully one day will be in that in that framework and that framework that that we have the ability to stand out the ability to stand up and we can create our our the version of this life that we want you know we have the capability the possibilities of doing it and i'm here to help i'm here to help make that happen uh, and thank you so much for being here with me today Vinny. this has been fantastic thank you, thank you. And just like share five stars Vinny said five stars i need five stars guys yeah yeah, yeah. I love y'all and I can't wait to see you out there. Thank you for this so much, Jennifer. You're the best. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and share. And we always love reviews. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you, Visibility Pod, for all your services and management of our podcast.